Good morning. Today's scripture reading is found in Exodus chapter 6, verses 2 through 9. It's found in your pew Bible on page 46. God also said to Moses, I am the Lord. I appeared to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob as God Almighty. But by my name, the Lord, I did not make myself fully known to them. I also established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan, where they resided as foreigners. Moreover, I have heard the groaning of the Israelites, whom the Egyptians are enslaving, and I have remembered my covenant. Therefore, say to the Israelites, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. I will free you from being slaves to them, and I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with mighty acts of judgment. I will take you as my own people, and I will be your God. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God, who brought you out (coughs) from under the yoke of the Egyptians. And I will bring you to the land I swore with uplifted hand to give to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. I will give it to you as a possession. I am the Lord. Moses reported this to the Israelites, but they did not listen to him because of their discouragement and harsh labor. The word of God for the people of God. So just about a year ago, a pastor in San Antonio, Texas, was watching the news. The the pastor's name was Gavin Rogers. He was following what at the time was was the biggest news story in America. Maybe you you remember this. The the biggest news story right about a year ago was this, this migrant caravan that was making its way north from Honduras through Mexico towards towards the border of the United States. Now just about a year ago, about 160 people started walking north from the Central American nation of Honduras. And as they traveled, more and more people joined them, and the caravan got bigger and bigger and bigger until there were 4,000, 5,000, 6,000 people walking together north, north through Mexico towards the United States. And the bigger the caravan got, the bigger the news story got. The more people joined the caravan, the more people in the United States were, were talking about this caravan. It seemed like everybody, maybe you remember this, everybody had an opinion. Everybody had something to say about these people who were traveling north through Mexico. Politicians and pundits all had something to say. People were getting into arguments with each other on Facebook and at Tim Hortons over this, this caravan. There were conspiracy theories. People had theories about who was financing this caravan. How is it possible that so many people could travel so far with so few resources? There must be somebody behind this. Somebody must have, must have organized this and paid for this. People heard stories about violence that was committed. We heard that the caravan was filled with criminals who were coming to America and they had no good on their minds. We heard all of these stories about this migrant caravan that was traveling north a year ago. Well, this pastor, Gavin Rogers, he was following this news story. He was watching watching the news and reading everything he could about this this migrant caravan. And as he was watching the news and listening to people talking about this caravan, this pastor, Gavin Rogers, realized that there was a voice missing from the conversation. 
He realized that there were a lot of people talking about the caravan, but nobody was actually talking to the people in the caravan. He realized that the stories of the people in the caravan weren't being told. The, the voices of the people who were in the caravan weren't being heard. And that, that seemed wrong to Pastor Gavin. That seemed, that seemed like a, a gross oversight. Now, here's the thing you need to understand about Pastor Gavin Rogers. He's not a normal pastor. And most pastors aren't normal to begin with. He's even more not, he's even more not normal than the rest of us. Pastor Gavin Rogers is, is an exceptional pastor. So he's a, a United Methodist pastor, but that's not what makes him exceptional. Uh, he, he went to a seminary at the Duke University School of Divinity, which is an outstanding institution of basketball and higher learning, but that, that's not what makes Pastor Gavin exceptional. The, the thing that, that makes Pastor Gavin exceptional, the thing that makes him stand out from your normal pastor is his willingness to listen and to go the extra mile to, to hear the voices of our neighbors. I'll give you an example of what I'm talking about. So a few years ago, Pastor Gavin was, was serving this church in San Antonio. And this church was famous for the work that it did with the poor. You know, people in his church were always talking about the poor. They were always doing things to, to help the poor. But as he served this church, Pastor Gavin realized that even though they were constantly talking about the poor and doing things for the poor, most of the people in his church didn't actually know the poor. They didn't know their neighbors in the, the neighborhood around the church. They only interacted with the poor and with the homeless of their community when they were giving them something. This was a church that was willing to do everything for the poor except listen to their voices. And so Pastor Gavin decided that he was going to try to try to step outside of the church and hear his neighbors' voices. He wanted to go out and meet meet the people who lived around the church. And so he did something that, that is courageous and seems just a little bit crazy. He decided for six weeks, he decided to live as a homeless person, right? Some people give up chocolate for Lent. Some people give up coffee for Lent. One year during the season of Lent, Pastor Gavin gave up his home. Now, every, every week, uh, every day, he would go to his job, his day job at the church, but then every night he would grab a backpack and he would go up and he would live on the streets of his city, the streets of San Antonio. And of course, he didn't actually fool anybody. People caught on pretty quick that, that he was, was different from the rest of the people who were out there living on the streets. It was his teeth that gave him away over and over again. Pastor Gavin's dad was an orthodontist, and so <laughs> Pastor Gavin has got these, these sparkling and, and perfectly aligned teeth, and when he would smile at people, they would say, come on, who are you really? What are you doing out here? And so he would tell them who he was and he would tell them what he was doing. And then this remarkable thing happened over and over again throughout those six weeks. People would then take him under their wing. People said, well, then we need to look out for you because you don't know what you're doing out here. And they showed him how to stay safe. They showed him where to sleep and where to find food. They told him how to handle the situation when police woke him up with a flashlight in the face in the middle of the night and told him he needed to move along. He couldn't sleep there. He made friends over the course of those six weeks. By the time they got to Easter, one of the people he made friends with out on the streets was actually serving in ministry at his church. He had started a, a skateboarding ministry and was helping out with the church's recovery ministry. By the, time, by the time they got to Easter, he had made friends out in the streets of his city. And then on Easter Sunday and in the weeks after Easter, Pastor Gavin started telling the stories of the church's neighbors and introducing his congregation to the, the people who 
lived out in the streets around their church. This is what I mean when I say that Pastor Gavin is, is not a normal pastor. The thing that makes him unusual, the thing that makes him exceptional is this idea he has that as we grow closer to our neighbors, we also grow closer to God. He has this idea that the most godly thing, the most godlike thing we can do in this world is to listen to one another. And one of the most beautiful things we discover about God as we read the stories of the Bible is that our God is a listening God. Our God is a God who, who hears. This is what Moses discovers in this morning's scripture reading. Right, so in today's reading, we have a story about the prophet Moses. We know more about Moses and the life of Moses than just about any other person in all of the Bible. Right? We know that Moses grew up in the land of Egypt. We know that Moses looked a little bit like the actor Charlton Heston. <laughs> We know that Moses, growing up in the land of Egypt, was, was an angry young man. Right? Moses grew up in the land of Egypt at a time when his people, the Israelites, were enslaved and oppressed by the Egyptians. And so growing up, Moses looked around him and he saw all of this injustice and suffering. And, and that injustice made Moses angry. As a young man, he decided he was going to do something about it. And so he started speaking up and speaking out. Moses went to the Egyptians and he said to the Egyptians and to the leaders of the Egyptian government, he said, what you are doing is wrong. Stop oppressing my people, set my people free, but the Egyptians didn't listen to Moses. They said, sit down, stop, stop rocking the boat. And when Moses realized that the Egyptians wouldn't listen, he went to the Israelites. And he said to the Israelites, we have got to rise up. If the Egyptians won't give us justice, then we have got to stand up and claim justice for ourselves. Stand up for yourselves, Moses said to the Israelites. But the Israelites, they didn't listen either. The Israelites said, said Moses, sit down. They said, we don't have time for revolution. We've got all of this work we've got to do today. Moses spoke up over and over again, but he discovered that nobody, nobody was willing to listen. He discovered he was living in a land where people had hardened their hearts and stuffed up their ears. He lived in a land where nobody, nobody was willing to listen. And as he, as he realized that nobody was going to do anything about the injustice he saw all around him, Moses got angrier and angrier until finally one day all of the anger that had pent up inside him just boiled over. One day Moses was walking down the street when he saw an Egyptian man abusing an, an Israelite slave. And Moses, in that moment, he became angry and he snapped. He lashed out. He struck the man down. He killed the man. And Moses immediately was, was grief-stricken. He hadn't meant to kill the man. And he started to try to explain to people, to the authorities, why he had done what he had done, what had happened. But nobody, the authorities, nobody, the people, they didn't listen to Moses. And Moses quickly realized that it was no longer safe for him in the land of Egypt. He realized that if he stayed in the land of Egypt, he was going to be dragged out of his home one night and thrown in a jail somewhere. He realized that if he stayed in the land of Egypt, he might even be murdered, assassinated in the streets in revenge for what he had done. Moses realized it was no longer safe for him in the land of Egypt, and so he did the only thing he could think to do. He left the land of Egypt and became a refugee. Moses left the land of Egypt and he went to the land of, of Midian and the part of the world that today we call Saudi Arabia. And when Moses got to the land of Midian, he, he started over. He got married, he became a shepherd, and he every day went out into the wilderness with his sheep and day after day tried to forget about where he had come from and the people he had left behind. Moses lived in the land of Midian for 40 years, four decades out there in the wilderness with his sheep. 
And it looked like that was going to be the end of Moses' story. It looked like Moses was going to fade away in the land of Midian. It looked like the Israelites were going to waste away in slavery in the land of Egypt. But then suddenly something remarkable happened. As we're reading the story in the Bible, suddenly we come across one of the most powerful, one of the most beautiful, one of the most breathtaking passages in all of Scripture. As we read the story in the book of Exodus, these are the words that we read. The Bible says, the Israelites cried out and groaned in their slavery. And their cries rose up to God. And God heard their cries. And God heard their groaning. God heard their voices and God took notice of them. God listened to the voices of the Israelites in slavery in the land of Egypt. And that is the moment when suddenly the Bible takes a turn, history takes a turn, things begin to happen. God calls out to Moses through a burning bush in the wilderness. God says, Moses, I need you to be my messenger. I want you to go to Pharaoh and tell Pharaoh to let my people go. I want you to go to the Israelites and tell them to pack their bags. And Moses, he says, what's the point? Nobody ever listens. If I go to these people, they're not going to listen to me. And God says, but Moses, I'm listening. And that gives Moses the courage he needs to find his voice again. And so he goes back to the land of Egypt. He goes back to Pharaoh and over and over again. Moses says to Pharaoh, let my people go until finally Pharaoh's heart begins to soften. Finally, the people find the justice and the freedom that they've been looking for. The most beautiful thing we learn about God as we read the stories of the Bible is that God listens when nobody else will listen. God hears the voices of the people who nobody else hears. And Pastor Gavin, a year ago as he was following the story of the caravan traveling north through the country of Mexico, He said, I want to embody that love. I want to hear the voices that nobody else is hearing. And so once again, as he'd done so many times before, Pastor Gavin did something that was courageous and a little bit crazy. He took a week of vacation, he bought a plane ticket, and he flew to Mexico City. Just as the caravan was passing through Mexico City, he grabbed his backpack, he walked out of the airport, and he went out to where the caravan was passing through. And then Pastor Gavin started walking with the people as they travel north to the border of the United States. He started traveling alongside the people. And once again, just as it had happened before, the people of the caravan embraced him. They took him under their wing and said, here's how we travel, here's how we stay safe. And as he journeyed with them, he started to hear things that people in the United States we're not hearing and see things that people in the United States were not seeing. Back in the United States, everybody was talking about who was financing this, who was paying for all these people to keep traveling north. As he traveled alongside them, Pastor Gavin discovered nobody was financing this caravan. They were traveling on the kindness of strangers and people they met along the way. As they walked north towards the border of the United States, nuns would meet them by the side of the road and offer them oranges. Drivers would pull over as they were passing by and say, get in, and they would offer people rides on buses and and flatbed trucks. Hundreds of people would crowd onto the back of flatbed trucks. And as he was riding along with the people, he started to see things that people up here weren't seeing. Up in the United States, people were talking about this caravan as if it was a, a great big gathering of criminals who were headed towards, towards America, that they were up to no good. But Pastor Gavin didn't see any violence. He didn't see any criminality, any trouble. He talked to police officers as they were passing by. He asked them, have you had any trouble with the people in the caravan? And the police officers said, no, the caravan has been peaceful. There hasn't been any violence between the people in the caravan and the police. And, and as they were traveling north, he discovered that there was this, this sense of joyfulness and community among 
among the people who were making their way through, through Mexico north towards America. And the most important thing that Pastor Gavin learned, the most important thing he heard as he was traveling north, was the stories of the people in the caravan. He asked them, why are you doing this? What is it that, that makes you leave the only home you've ever known and walk 2,500 miles to a, a place that you've never been to before? And so people told him their stories. They told him stories about drought and famine and heat waves that killed their crops in the fields. They told him stories about corrupt governments and entire cities that had been taken over by criminal gangs. They told him stories about their children who had been kidnapped and their siblings and parents who had been murdered. They told him the gangs don't give people a choice. They say either you join us or you die. Some people join, some people die, and some people do the only other thing we can think to do. We leave and try to find a better place. As he traveled with these people, Pastor Gavin discovered, he said that most of the people in the caravan weren't looking for a better life the way that we in America think of a better life. Most of these people were just, were just trying to live. As he traveled with them, he took pictures of his new friends and he shared them on Facebook and he, he shared their stories through his, his blog. Through Pastor Gavin, their voices became part of the conversation that was happening back here in the United States. But here's the, here's the thing. Here is the hard and difficult and disappointing thing about this story. It doesn't seem like anything Pastor Gavin did actually made that much of a difference. And Pastor Gavin tried to share the people's stories and their voices with people back here at home, but it doesn't seem like he changed many minds. It doesn't seem like he moved many hearts because we are living in a moment when people have hardened their hearts and stuffed up their ears. There were a lot of people who simply didn't want to listen to what he had to say. And when the caravan finally arrived at the border of the United States, it was met with military force. And many of the people in the caravan were sent back to Honduras. We know that later some of the people who were sent back were murdered by the very gangs that they were trying to escape. It doesn't seem, it doesn't seem like all of this effort Pastor Gavin went through made much of a difference at all. But here's the thing that we learn when we read through the pages and the stories of Scripture. We learn that sometimes justice takes a long time. Sometimes it takes a while for God's healing and God's peace to show up in this world. Moses had to go back to Pharaoh 12 times before Pharaoh finally agreed to let the people go. And when Moses finally led a caravan of refugees out of the land of Egypt and into the wilderness, they had to wander through the wilderness for 40 years before they finally found a place that they could settle in and call home. Sometimes justice and healing and peace take time, but God's justice and God's healing and God's peace always arrive in the end. And when God's justice happens, when God's peace comes into this world, we will look back and we will see that the turning point was the moment when God's people decided that they wanted to embody the love of the God who listens. Let's pray. God, we pray that you would give us the courage to open our ears and our hearts to one another. God, we pray that in a moment when so many people are talking and so few people are listening, that you would give us the heart of Jesus. Give us the heart of Pastor Gavin. Turn us into the kind of people who go the extra mile to hear the voices that aren't being heard. God, we pray that your compassion, that your peace, that your justice would come to this place. And we pray that it would be soon. In the name of the Son, we pray. Amen.